0: Hello my friends, this is Pastor Christopher Alam and today I will be wrapping up uh, our teaching on God's grace and man's faith. And I want to end by talking about the spirit of faith. And uh, to start off, I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses, uh, starting in verse four, it says, and such trust have we through Christ to God word, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God. So Paul acknowledged that he had sufficiency, that he was strong in ministry, but that sufficiency came from God. Who also has made us able ministers of the new, co- new Testament or the New Covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So what he's saying is that we have been made, God has made us able ministers, not of the Old Covenant. You know, some people are still in the Old Covenant. And I tell people, move your pulpits from Mount Sinai to Mount Calvary. Move your pulpit from Mount Sinai to Mount Calvary. So, God has made us able ministers of the new covenant, not of the old covenant, but the new covenant, and not of the letter, not of the letter of the law. Because, uh, of course, you have to understand that the old covenant and the law are two separate things, but He's talking about the old in general that we are not made ministers of the letter. Of the law, we are not made ministers of the laws of Moses, but we are ministers of the Spirit, ministers of the Holy Ghost, because the letter killeth the letter of the law, the letter of the Old Testament, it kills, but the Spirit of God gives life. And then, then he Paul is talking about the uh, you know ab- about the old and the new, and this is fascinating. Uh, you know, we are talking about the old and the new law and grace, uh, uh, you know, law and grace and uh, works and grace and de- death and life, uh, condemnation to justification. You know, these are the contrasts. So anyway, it says, if the ministration of death written and engraved in, in stones was glorious, So that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? Now, this is this is good. What Paul is saying here. He firstly, he calls the law of Moses the ministration of death, because that's what it did. The law came with death and condemnation. Here's the law. You keep the law. You can't keep the law condemnation and death so that's what it is he so he refers to the law of Moses as the ministration of death because it brought death it did not bring life it says it was written and engraven on stones he says if the ministry of death which was written on stones was glorious what he means is that when Moses came down from the mountain carrying those stone tablets Uh, His face was shining with the glory of God. And but it says that the people of Israel who were waiting at the bottom of the mountain, when they looked at Moses, they couldn't look at his face because his face was shining with the glory of God, which glory was, you know, was to be done away. That means it was a glory uh, that was fading away. Then he says, how shall not the ministration of the spirit be even more glorious? So what he's saying is that Moses, he came with the stone tablets of the law. He came down from the mountain with the ministration of death and the ministration of death carried such glory with it that The face of Moses was shining with the glory of God. But this glory was to fade, was to be done away. He says, if that is the glory of the ministration of death, how much more glorious shall be the ministration of life, shall be the ministration of uh, of the Spirit. If the ministration of death was so glorious, how much more glorious shall be the ministry of the Spirit. And then he says, verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation... Uh, be glory, much more than the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory. Now again, now he's calling the law of Moses, the ministry of condemnation. He says, if the ministry of condemnation came down with glory, with the face of Moses shining with the glory of God, how much more shall not the ministry of righteousness, the new covenant, the, the ministry of the spirit, exceed in glory he says Moses came down with such glory how much more glory isn't there in the administration of righteousness then it says for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. for if that which is done away with glorious much more that which remaineth is glorious he says the law of Moses which was done away with You know, the condemnation and death, if that that which is done away with, if that was glorious, how much more won't that which remains today be even more glorious? He's talking about the new covenant. Then he says, seeing then we have such hope we who are ministers of the new covenant remember he started by saying that he has made us ministry ministers of the new covenant not of the old because the the letter kills the letter kills the letter of the law because it's the ministry of condemnation the ministry of death but the spirit giveth life he says because we have such hope that we are heirs of this wonderful glory that is far glorious than the glory that was upon Moses when he came down that mountain. He says, we use great plainness of speech. He says, and not like Moses. He says, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. What he's saying is that he says, we use great plainness of speech. And then he says, we are not like Moses. Because what Moses did, because when he came down from the mountain carrying those stone tablets, the ministry of death and condemnation. Because the people couldn't look at him, his face was shining with the glory of God. So, what he did, he put a veil over his face. He covered his face so that the people could look at him when he spoke to them. And he says that uh, we are not like Moses who covered his face with a veil so that the people, because the people couldn't look at him when he was speaking. But he says, but their minds are blinded because even today, even this day, when people read the Old Testament without seeing Jesus, the veil is still upon their heart. That veil still comes, and and that is why I tell you what one of the things I said, uh, I have said to you is that the Old Testament should always be interpreted through the prism of the New Testament and through the light of Jesus because what happens whenever you te- you interpret the old the scriptures of the Old Testament and you take away Jesus and you take away the light of the new covenant what you get is the law of Moses and you get this angry god who's angry at everybody who only loves the people of Israel and hates everybody else but you know that that is blindness. That is a veil. It says even today when those people read the Old Covenant, the veil is still before their eyes. And even when Christians read the Old Testament and, and, and speak from the Old Testament without seeing Christ, without seeing the cross of Calvary, it says that veil is upon their, uh, upon their, uh, upon their eyes. But that veil is only removed in Jesus, it is only through Jesus that that veil is removed. It is only when we study the Old Testament not through the eyes of the law, but through the through the eyes of Jesus at looking at Calvary, looking at the New Covenant. Only then is that veil removed. And but then it says here. He says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. He's talking about those who are under the old covenant, who have placed themselves uh, under the old covenant. He's talking about the people of Israel, when the Israelite people, and I believe that day will come when the Jewish people will turn to the Lord. He says, when they turn to Jesus you know what's going to happen the veil shall be lifted from their eyes hallelujah and they'll begin to see when they begin to read their scripture they will see not you know thou shalt not thou shalt not and thou shalt thou shalt but then they shall see jesus How he has fulfilled the law and how he was crucified for them and he rose from the dead for them and how he is the giver of life to all who are the children of Israel, both Abraham's spiritual sons and his biological sons. And then we shall be all one together, but that will be fulfilled in Christ all these wonderful things that God promises they have the fulfillment in Jesus Christ alone remember that so he says that when Moses is read the veil is upon the heart so you, you know I've been to Israel I've seen those I've seen those men in those black uh, hats and those black dresses standing before the wailing wall and they're doing this and some of them are reading scriptures and you know they're doing their things and you know the veil is before their eyes but when they come to Jesus, that veil is lifted up and suddenly the light of God opens up for them. Hallelujah. And that will be a wonderful day. And then he says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Then he says, now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's when people come out of bondage to the law, to the free, to freedom. And then it says here, and uh, says verse 18, But we all with an open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even by the Spirit of the Lord. So what he's saying is that but we all we, with open faces, that means with unveiled faces, open faces we behold as in a mirror we see that glo- we behold in a glass uh, or some some places the word glass actually means a mirror but anyway it seems that we see in a glass the glory of the lord so it's, it means that we 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 are looking at a glass and we see the face of jesus and he says by the spirit of the lord we are being transformed into the image that we see in the glass that means that when we with open faces not under the law but under the grace of God not under the law of Moses but in Christ we look at that mirror and we look at that glass and we we see the face of Jesus because I see mirrors in those days were not you know, 100% mirrors these days, there was an element you could actually see the light that came from behind, but it was also a mirror. You know, there had different, different chemical compounds which created mirrors. So he says that we, we, uh, we behold in a glass the glory of the Lord. And what happens, the, that image of Jesus that we see in, uh, in the, uh, you know, as, as we behold the face of the Lord in that glass we are being transformed from who we are to that face we see in the glass. We go from glory to glory. So as we, under the new covenant, in the spirit, with unveiled faces, with open faces, we behold the glory of the Lord. We, as we behold the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the image of the Lord from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord. Then in 2nd Corinthians 4, 1 and 13, actually, uh, I'm, I have said this several times that when the books of the Bible were written, there uh, were no chapter and verse divisions that were put in there by the, uh, by the translators. So it says, but uh, so let's read these two verses together. Verse 18 in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 1 in 2nd in Corinthians 4 he says but we all with an open face it says we behold in a mirror in a glass the face of the Lord as we behold the face of the Lord as we spend our time gazing at the face of Jesus by the Spirit of the Lord we are also being transformed from what we look like to what he looks like we go from glory to glory to become like Jesus then it says verse 1 therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not. I like this. It says seeing therefore seeing we have this ministry. What ministry is he talking about? The ministry of looking at the face of Jesus in that mirror and as we look at the face of Jesus we are being transformed uh, by, from glory to glory until we become like him. Uh, and this is done by the Holy Spirit in us. This is our ministry. Listen, listen. Seeing we have this ministry of looking at the face of Jesus, let me tell you one thing. Our primary ministry is not to win souls. It is not to preach the gospel. Our first ministry, primary ministry, The first ministry we have is to minister to Jesus, to look at and behold the wonderful face of Jesus and let him do his work in us. And the more we behold his glory, the more time we spend beholding his glory. The spirit of the Lord transforms us and takes us from glory to glory. And as he takes us. From glory to glory, we become lesser and lesser like us ourselves and we become, we become more and more like Jesus. And the ultimate goal that the father has is to conform us with the image of his son, conform us to the image of the son and make us like Jesus beloved. That is our first ministry, hallelujah. So That's what Paul is talking about, therefore seeing we have this ministry. And what is that ministry? You and I have this ministry of standing or kneeling or whatever and gazing at the feet of Jesus and being transformed into what he is like. That is our ministry. Seeing we have this ministry and because we have received mercy. You know, all this is given to us by grace. It's, it's not because of our own works. It's given to us. We faint not. So what happens when we are in his glory? We are being transformed. That's what it means to be in his glory. That means to be in his presence and that transformation taking place. What happens is that we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness not handling the word of god deceitfully but by the manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god listen you know you you hear a lot of stories about people who 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 say they're preaching the gospel and you know they they they're in ministry but their dishonesty and they're crafty. They handle the word of God deceitfully. They, 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 you know, they teach you things that would enrich them at your expense, and and all that. You know, people who are who are not entirely honest and transparent the way they. They, they they preach the word of God. They sound like they have your interest at heart, but they actually have their own interest and in heart because they're not building up people, they're building up their ministry. You know, he says that when we spend time in the glory, all that f- goes away. Really it's amazing. When we sp- spend time in the presence of the Lord, we become very sensitive to sin we become very sensitive to things that are not pleasing to God. So he says that because we have this ministry of beholding the glory of the Lord and we have received mercy, he says we have renounced every kind of dishonesty and craftiness and not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It says in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe not let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine in them. So it says there are people who are blinded. And because of that, you know, Satan has blinded their eyes. That's why our gospel is it to them. But it says, verse five, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants for Jesus. Now I'm speaking to ministers and those who are even not in full-time ministry, even in part-time ministry. Listen. We are not here to promote our own ministry or promote ourselves. That is not what it's about. We do not preach ourselves, but we preach the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And ourselves, we present ourselves as servants to the people who we minister to for Jesus' sake. So to be a minister, if you want to be a Minister or you are in the Ministry to be a Minister is not to be Lord over people or to be some kind of King or Chief over people. Because I work in Africa, and I see these uh, firstly I mean all these guys they love these titles, bishops and apostles and and and, and, and they like to be uh, they like to lord over the people and they want people to serve them that 's not what ministry is all about. Ministry is not about us or our titles or our positions ministry about is about jesus that is why we don't preach ourselves but we preach jesus christ the lord and ourselves we present ourselves as servants to the people if we are ministers of the gospel we are to serve the people he says for god who commanded the light of to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart god who commanded the light to shine in the darkness when he created the heavens and the earth he has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so what what has God done he has shined in our hearts for what to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so listen it's going back to the same thing when we behold the face of Jesus in that glass and we see his glory and we are transformed as we gaze at his glory we go from glory to glory by the Holy Spirit. So what happens the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus it shines into our hearts. So not only are we being transformed into the image of Christ but The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Hallelujah. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus. That face we are looking at, it shines into our heart. But then he said, and that is our greatest treasure. You know what the greatest treasure we carry is? People might say, oh, it's the healing anointing. No, 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 not the healing anointing. The healing anointing is not the greatest treasure. Uh, Tongues and power of God, miracles, that's not the greatest treasure. The greatest treasure in our hearts is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus. When we look at the face of Jesus and, uh, and That which shines in the face of Jesus is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. How glorious the Father is. How wonderful, how glorious the Father is. How glorious Jesus is. You know, in Colossians it says, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When we look at Jesus, the fullness of all the Father is, all that Jesus is, all the Holy Ghost is, it dwells in Jesus Christ, bodily, physically. So when we look at Jesus and we are being transformed from glory to glory, that light shines upon us and that is the treasure within, within us. It says we have this wonderful treasure in earthen vessels that we are we are simple vessels. We can be broken, we can be cracked, we, you know, we are earthen vessels. We are not golden or silver vessels. We are vessels that we of this flesh, we can be hurt, we can be broken, we can be crushed. But this wonderful treasure, this greatest treasure of all, we carry in here. That is the greatest privilege of the ministry. He says, then it says, um, none of us. He says, we are troubled on every side. It's it, it so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So we carry this wonderful treasure. In, in earthen vessels and this wonderful treasure shines through us and that's what brings the healing anointing the gift the power the life of God to other people when we preach the gospel and he says so that people see that here's this wonderful treasure that is coming the treasure of God coming forth through this person but he's an ordinary person of flesh and blood so then people recognize that this power is of God it is not of us and that is why it is very 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 important for us that when we preach the gospel when we serve God that we always always point to Jesus if God ever uses us to do signs and wonders and miracles that we all remind people that it is not of us but it is God it is Jesus alone and we should always be careful make a covenant with him to give all the glory honor and praises to our Lord Jesus alone Then he says, But look at us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life also of Jesus may be manifested through us. You know, I, I was talking to Brother Reinhard Bonnke, oh my goodness, many, many years ago, and I was talking about, you know, what does it mean to be an apostle? He looked at me, he says, Christopher, an apostle is not a guy who sits in a fancy office in, with a leather on a leather chair and gives orders for everybody to everybody else. He says that the apostles were the first to suffer. They were the first to go to prison. They were the first to be beaten. They were the first to lay down their lives he says they gave their lives he says sometimes they were poor so that others can be rich they gave their lives so that they so that others can live beloved that's what it means to carry this treasure in earthen vessels because it we you know one thing about apostolic ministry is that we give our lives so that others can shine. We give our lives so that others can live. We give our lives so that you know Paul said becoming poor so that many others can be rich. You know being willing to pay whatever it costs to lift up other people lift up God's people so that they can be strong. Hallelujah. That is, that is apostolic ministry. He says for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal mortal flesh so that death worketh in us but life in you it means that we we carry this treasure in earthen vessel. But because we are the earthen vessel, we are and we are buffeted from every side and we, sometimes it's difficult, we suffer, sometimes we are delivered to death so that you can live. So that, um, you know, that is apostolic ministry. Apostolic ministry is laying down our lives for the sake of the Gospel and for the people. And that is because we carry this wonderful treasure, amen. We carry this glorious treasure in us. So that Jesus can shine forth through us. Then in verse 13 says, I said, I'll talk about the spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. And this is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is I believe. What do I believe? I believe in the word of God. I believe in the new covenant. I believe that, you know, all these things I have taught you, we believe these things and we speak these things. We also believe and therefore speak. The spirit of faith is to sum up all these things and take them into our heart and then to speak our faith. Because we believe, whatever we believe, we speak it out, we speak it out, we speak it out. Faith always speaks. Faith is never silent. So I want you, my beloved, who have been hearing me the past few days, I want you to start to speak your faith. If you need a healing in your body, speak that healing. If you need anything you need, speak it out. And also speak out God's calling on your life, what God has called you to do. If God has called you to preach the gospel, speak it out. Whatever is in your heart, whatever you believe, speak it out, speak it out, speak it out. out. But also remember that apostolic Christianity and faith is not about just about accumulating things so that you can be richer and fatter. No, it's about laying down your life. It's about believing God for great things that will benefit other people. One of my mentors, George Werwer, said to me, George Werwer said years ago, I've never forgotten this. This is over 40 years ago. He says, All things belong to us because we are God's children, but sometimes God calls us to give up good things so that others may have that, which is far more excellent. That is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let us live by faith that just shall live by faith. Totally by faith. And it's not about things, but it was about living for God. God bless you. And tomorrow we're going to start another teaching series. We're going to talk about our identity in Christ and and our authority in Christ. We're going to talk about that. But anyway, let's pray together. Father, I pray for each person who has heard my voice these uh, past couple of weeks, three weeks. I ask you to bless them, touch them, use them mightily for your glory. Let your word impart great things into them, Father. And let them rise and be strong and serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Do write to me. Uh, send me a message on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. It'll be it's always great to hear from you. God bless you.